Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Hallelujah. Good evening, church. And the rest of you, good evening, church. It's such a privilege and honor to be with you guys. Uh, my precious lady, Sally, is down here. I want to honor her. Father just outdid himself when he gave me Sally McCracken. We've been married 28 years, and we are far more in love now than we ever were. And now we get the privilege of traveling and ministering together. We both preach and prophesy and do stuff. And, and she teaches me more about God than anyone I know. She sharpens me, and she, and she turns me towards Father. She encourages me out of my pity parties that I have at times. I know you think that I don't have them, but I do just like you. And it's wonderful to have someone that lifts my eyes up to my Father in heaven. So I just want to honor, honor my precious lady, Sally. And I want to honor you as a house and Pastor Ken and Chrissy and who knows uh, when they'll be here. And we'll probably be still going, won't we? So, um, amen. How many hungry? Hungry? Hungry for what Father wants to do. And so I want to get into it. I want to honor what Father uh, has called me to do. I don't have sermons that I flick through an archive and say that would be a good one. I've never done that in my entire life. I take it very, very seriously that I just spend time in the presence of God, time in the Word of God. I actually don't go into prep time as much because I really find that that can be subjective, that I can end up saying maybe this is God or maybe this will be a good thing. But I spend time saturated in the presence of God, in the Word of God, me just loving on Father, and then the Word of the Lord comes to me. I don't go looking for it. It comes to me like it did with Jeremiah and Isaiah, and the Word of the Lord came. I want to tell you, if you're a preacher in this house, don't go looking for a word. Look at God and let the word find you. That way we don't get into subtle manipulation or trying to get the people a certain way because God will often speak something that you haven't thought of. When your eyes are on Him, I tell you right now, the Word of the Lord will find its way to you. Sometimes we're focusing on studying for a sermon rather than study to show ourselves approved of God. That our eyes are fixed on Him and somehow He just comes and He finds you with the Word of God. For some of you, again, if you want these answers, shift from trying to find the answer to focus on the one who is the answer. And he will either bring clarity to what you want or redirect you. You don't lose if God redirects you. He takes you on to something even better. I feel like I can almost have fun in this house tonight. Is that, is that all right? Is that, can I be at home? Can I be part of your family? Is that all right? Uh, I already am. Thank you. Thank you. Someone's got their theology right. Praise God in this house. I want to share with you what I saw in the Spirit, and then I want to preach a word that, uh, well, really, it's not really preaching a word. It's just a prophetic download of what I feel Father is calling you to be and what the world needs. I said this morning, I was preaching elsewhere, and it's not just that... Uh, the world needs us to be the fullness of what God intended. The world right now is in a mess. And it doesn't need us just plodding along, amen? And I don't think I'm in a church of plotters. But I want to tell you, whatever you have experienced, there is more. 
And let me just download this and, and then we'll see where we go. Praise God. I, heard the, I saw the words army and kingdom assignments. And I'm prophesying of you as Nations Church. Army and kingdom assignments. Come on, army and kingdom assignments. And I see you as the people of God in army barracks and on battlefields. I see this simultaneously, not at individual times, nor with clear-cut distinctives. It's not about this is the time for the barracks and then this is the time for the battlefield. You are always called to both continuously at the same time. You are the army of God, and you are called to kingdom assignments. No soldier exists to pick and choose their own battles. Soldiers fight the assigned battles from their commanding officer, and God is training you, and God is sending you, and God is deploying you, and God is gracing you to win kingdom assigned battles. And it is all about taking ground for the kingdom of God. And God is calling you to enlist in his army today. Many love the church of God being the family of God, but it's also an army. It's also an army. Let's not lose out or limit or lower God's intention for the church in the world because the enemy has defiled and polluted God's purpose. We were always about kingdom assignments. The church was not just about belonging to a family. Jesus came preaching the kingdom. John the Baptist came preaching the kingdom. Jesus said, when you pray, pray for the kingdom to come. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. And the evidences of the kingdom is taking territory, taking ground. And what happens is the enemy has defiled and polluted God's intention. And now there's religions that take ground in the natural in the name of God. And so what we do is we see the defilement in the natural, so we step back in the spiritual because we want to be known for love and grace and kindness, but the world continues to lose ground and, and go to hell, and the church actually needs to rise up, not in the same natural battle, but in a spiritual battle. We don't step back on, from God's purpose because the devil defiles God's intention. We reclaim it. I prophesy that this is the days to reclaim what God set up in the first place. We don't need a new thing. We need a renewed thing. We need to go back to God's original intention. And God is saying, I need an army. I need an army. I need an army. I need an army. It's time to reclaim. It's time to reclaim. It's time to reclaim. I remember the day the Lord was talking to me about prayer. Talking about this on the way, brother, that my house should be called a house of prayer. The identification mark of the house of God is a house of prayer. And I remember driving down the road one day, and I drove past the church, and the Lord said, what is that? And I said, that's a place of worship. That's a place of the Word. That's a place of fellowship. That's a place of belonging. That's a place of missions. That's a place of discipleship. That's a place of giving. That's a place of going. And as I kept on driving down the road, I drove past a mosque, and the Lord said, what is that? And I said, oh, my gosh, that's a house of prayer. 
And the Lord spoke to me as clear as anything. He says, Steve, I said, I want my house to be called a house of prayer. And then he said, the counterfeit can only move in when there's a void in God's intention. The enemy is taking ground in the natural because at the times the church doesn't take ground in the spiritual. And God is calling you as a believer not just to be safe, but actually to take territory and ground for the kingdom of God. Don't throw it out because of the excess and the abuse. Reclaim God's intention as the army of God. Let's see. I see that compared to where God is taking you, you are presently just ankle deep. Now you might say, hang on, we have more than that. Listen, 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 listen to the word of the Lord. And the Spirit speaking to me. See, some of you heard that statement, you heard a positive, some of you heard a negative. The Lord says, make sure when you hear something from God, you look through the lens of His intention. As always as a positive, not as a negative. Come on, John 15, 2. If you are fruitful, I will prune you. We look at it as a negative. It's a positive so we can bear more fruit. And God says, compared to where... I'm taking you, Nations Church, compared to where I'm taking you, you are presently just ankle deep. I see that the water that is ankle deep spreads far and it spreads wide. I see it moving and I see that it is fresh, but I also see it is only ankle deep compared to what God is yet to do. And I also see that this ankle deep water is in every part of the house. I saw a picture of a physical house, a single story house. And the water wasn't just in the living room. Come on, under. The water wasn't just in the kitchen. The water was in every room of the house. And I heard the Lord say that, what did I hear him say? I heard him say that no room is untouched. This is a time when Father wants you to ensure that every part of this house has the same water level. Praise God. This is what I see for you as a church. I see exciting days ahead, amen? Amen. I've been preaching a lot and shouting a lot. So I need to drink a lot. Is that okay? And occasionally breathe. I heard a phrase, and that was just the entree. Hope it's nice. Here's the phrase I've heard, never heard it before, and I want to lean into it in the Word just for a little bit, and then we'll pray. How's that sound? Come on. <laughs> oh, I tell you right now, the devil's cringing. The devil's cringing because there's some people in the house on a Sunday night that say, we're not here to play church. We're here to go deeper in the things of the Spirit. You guys are a crazy bunch of people. Here's a phrase I heard that I love, that I love, that I love. Here it is, created into God's narrative. 
preach myself happy right now. <laughs> created into God's narrative. Everyone say created. created. Come on, shout it at me in the face of evolution. Shout it at me, created. created. Into, into God's, God's narrative. narrative. Created into God's narrative. Praise God. Just start to think about it. Let, the, let your spirit, even before I preach it, let your spirit start to lead. You're created into God's narrative. You're created into God's story. You're created. God's got this eternal. Come on. Time didn't start at creation. In the beginning, God, we introduced that creation, but He was before that. From everlasting to everlasting, Psalm 90 verse 2, He is God. We are created into His narrative. We got to make sure that we do not wrongly elevate us inviting Jesus into our heart above us being created into God's narrative. It is essential that we invite Jesus into our hearts. But that's not the end game. I am the way. I am the door. I want to tell you right now, Jesus never came to make himself the destination. I don't want to mess some of you. No, actually, I do want to mess some of you up. If you're thinking, is this all about Jesus? Because it's not. Jesus said, I am the way. Where to? My Father. I am the truth about my Father. I'm the life of my Father. He said, when you pray, don't pray to me. Stop praying to Jesus. He said, when you pray, pray to our Father in heaven. Holy is your name. Because Jesus was regularly praying, not to himself, but to his Father. And the devil, he, he, he doesn't want anyone getting saved. But if you do get saved, be happy and safe just with Jesus and being safe and being saved. He doesn't want you to go with Jesus to the Father. Because I tell you right, something shifts when we start to think about the Father. The Father, we are created into God's narrative. Being born again is essential, but it's the doorway, and we need a deeper revelation of what we are actually born again into. We are born again into God's narrative. God is eternal. Come on. We're born again into God's narrative. He's eternal. We're born again into eternal life, not better life. Our God is all-powerful. We're born again into this all-powerful God who's got a story, and we get to be a part of it. Come on. When we go into our workplace, we carry the eternal, all-powerful God, and we are called to go in and see what He is doing. We're called into God's narrative. He's eternal, he's creative, he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing, and he's without limitation. And I declare, there is more. There is more. There is more. John chapter 3, verse 34. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God gives the Spirit without limit. For God gives the Spirit without limit. For God gives the Spirit without measure. 
don't reduce God to a measure. Don't reduce God to a measure in your belief for praying for healing. Let's not put degrees of difficulty on a limitless God. I remember the time the Lord spoke to me when I was watching the, the Winter Olympics and you know where they do the downhill ski where they go flying down, flying down, flying down like this. You know those ones? Are you with me? And they go down over this ramp and they do about 56 turns and bends and stuff like that. And then they hope to land. You hope that they don't just have it. No, no, you do. You do. Stop it. They hope that they land that thing well. And, and, and I was watching this and someone did one and they, they landed it and they only partially landed and they tried to right themselves. The next person, then they scored them. The next person did one, landed perfectly. But they got a lower mark. And you go, what's that? It's because the degree of difficulty of the jump was much greater on that. And the Lord spoke to me and he says, you put degrees of difficulty on what I can do. We believe God can heal a headache better than he can heal a broken leg. And that he can heal a broken leg more than he can raise the dead. If we ever even have that, and I have that, I'm putting myself with you, but we are putting a limit and a measure on what God can do without really saying it. God wants us to let God be God. He is a spirit without measure, without limit. I want to talk about two things under this. This whole thing of creating to God's narrative. And is this, that we are called to be believing believers. We are called to be believing believers. Believing believers. It's one thing to believe in God. It's another thing to believe God. And God is looking for some people that actually believe Him. Not just believe in Him, but believe Him. And I want to show you a couple things here. And I want to go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 17. Are you doing okay, church? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Everywhere through the Bible, if you're looking, you'll see us create into God's narrative. He didn't say be strong. He said be strong in the Lord. You're created into Him and His narrative. The strength doesn't originate from you. Be strong in the Lord. Come on, it's not your mighty power. You're, we created everything into God's narrative. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Even see there, again, the narrative. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. I saw this the other day. We're about to read and list a whole bunch of the armor. But as I was meditating on this the other day, God drew my attention to the fact that it says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Then it never mentions the devil's schemes. It just talks about the armor of God. Sometimes we're focusing too much on what the devil's doing and not enough on what God said that he goes, I'm giving you this. Does it make sense? Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Well, what's the devil's schemes, God? I want to avoid them. No, 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 forget that. Put on the armor of God. <laughs> For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I pray that you get it. The fight that we're engaged in as this army of God is a spiritual battle, not a natural battle. Can I hear an amen? Therefore, put on, everyone say put on. put on. Don't look at, put on. Mm. 
don't admire, put on. Oh, God, you can put on. No, you put on. God, if you want to bless me, no, come on, come on, come on. You have already been given every spiritual blessing. Come on, take them, take them, put it on, put it on. Put on the full armor of God, second time it says it, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, you are still standing, amen. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I'm talking about being created into God's narrative and the fact that God is calling us to be believing believers. As believing believers, we are to put on the armor of God. And the first thing I want to say to you about that is it's not your armor. It's very different to the story with David and Goliath and King Saul. David, Saul, he had great armor, wonderful armor. Saul's armor was not bad armor. It won him battles. And he said, how about you use this? And he tried it on, but he said, that's, that's not what I'm used to. That's not the right thing for me. And he didn't go into it. Let's not reduce this down to that because there's nothing like it. God says, do not put on your armor when you get up in the morning. He said, put on the armor of God. This is about to drop with some of you. Come on, the fruit of the Spirit is not the fruit of your spirit. It's the fruit of His Spirit. The gifts of God are not your gifts, they're His gifts. The armor of God is not your armor, it's His armor. As believing believers put on the armor of God. Why? Because we're created into God's narrative. I want you to see that all of this is about God and us coming into Him, not Him just coming into us. Just three parts of the um, the bout of truth buckled around your waist. The first thing mentioned, the bout of truth buckled around your waist. Believing believers actually believe what is true. How many people know in our world that we live in today, we need some believing believers that believe what is true. Truth is not subjective. I don't get to choose what is true, nor do you, nor does the media, nor do the politicians, nor does anyone. You know the truth, not your version of the truth. Your version of the truth is actually a lie Know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Not politically correct, but biblically correct, and we actually perpetuate dysfunction and brokenness unless we come back to the Bible. And it's time to put on the bout of truth. The bout of truth. The bout of truth. And understand, remember, it's the armor of God, so if it's the bout of truth, whose truth is it? Mm. It's not my truth. It's God's truth. It's God's armor. It's God's bout. It's not my bout. I hope you get in this. I got to put on God's bout of God's truth, not my bout of my truth. I perpetuate my problem unless I put on the bout of God's truth. 
pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The first one is the battle of truth. The last one is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And it's like, hang on, isn't this the same thing? And this is what the Lord said to me. The battle of truth buckled around your waist is believing believers, believing what is true. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, is believing believers, declaring what is true. The power is not in what you believe alone, but in what you declare. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. Why? Because we are actually created into God's narrative. It's not Him fashioning into our image. It's us fashioning into His image. We are created in His likeness. He is not created into our likeness. And the Bible says from the very beginning that God spoke and God created, that God declared and God created. And life and death is in the power of our tongue. And some of us believe leave some things and refuse to speak it because the devil has an agenda to steal your voice. Sometimes he doesn't care what you think and what you believe as long as you don't speak it because he knows if you speak it, you are literally releasing the Spirit of God to bring something into pass. From the very beginning, God the Father initiated. He said, I want light. That's what he does. Every decision God had made was not from Jesus. It was not from the Holy Spirit. It was from the Father. Even God sent his son. God said to his son, sit here at my right hand. The Father will send the son again. Are you with me? The Father wanted light. The Holy Spirit, what's his job? I bring into existence, into the natural reality, what my Father has already desired. I will bring it. That's why he says he's hovering over the waters. It's like a little child hovering around a parent, pulling on you, pulling on you, pulling on you, pulling on you, and you're talking to someone else, and you say, wait, wait, wait. They're not going to wait until they get what they want. The Spirit was hovering. I got light to bring in, but I can't, I can't go. I can't go. Why can't I go? Because the order of God's pattern that we are designed to do is God's intention, the Spirit hovering, waiting, but He's waiting for the Word to speak. Let it be light. Let it be amen. Lights, I come into agreement, Father, with what you want, so I'm gonna speak it, and then the Holy Spirit goes, finally, now I can bring lights. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, for no matter how many promises uh, God Almighty has made, they are yes in Christ. They already exist in the eternal realm. And now the amen is spoken by us to the glory of the Father. We play the same part in this world right now as what the eternal Son of God played at creation. The Father declares and wants it. There is a spirit wanting to bring it into existence. I'm just here saying when you come into agreement, believers, believers, put on the bow of the truth, I believe it. But believers, believers, take out the sword of the spirit and declare it is written, it is written. See, Jesus believed what he said in Matthew 4 against the devil, but the pattern was won, the battle was won, not by him believing it, by him speaking it. Some of us are talking about our problems much more than prophesying to our problems. And we justify it by saying, but that would be a lie for me to speak that. Can you see how subtle the devil is? He stops you speaking the truth because he says it's a lie. No, it might not be your fact, but it's still the truth. And the facts are subject to the truth. It is written. Come on, let the weak say, I will be strong. No, let the weak say, I am strong. But that's a lie. No, that's the truth. That's elevating the truth above the facts. 
that the poor say I'm rich, you mean I will be. No, I am rich. Come on. We got to start to declare what call the things that are not as if they are. That's faith. Some of us need to kick the devil a little bit. Seriously. He's robbed our voice. He's, he's taken from us. We can talk about all the problems we want. And you pat you on the back and you feel good because I'm sharing my problem. How many times are we coming into agreement with what God has declared so the spirit can actually turn something around? And we get into the church and we want to be quiet. So you guys, some of you are rowdy, but some of you, you, you feel it, but you don't want to, you don't want to sort of be noticed. You don't want to, you, you want to say amen, but you, you, you're quiet. Well, I don't want to tell you, this is the lid that the devil has put on us. I don't need your amen, but you need it. I don't need your amen, you need it. I'll get off the stage and Father will say, well done, son. Guaranteed because I'm doing exactly what he's told me to do. But some of you in this room need to let what's in your heart come out of your mouth. That's not super hyper charismatic Pentecostal, it's Bible. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. Some of us are not doing it because we're so busy in here. I tell you what, we'll interrupt in here. Not another thought, but another word. One more here. And then I just want to say one other thing and we'll pray. Sometime. Maybe. I'm having a bit too much fun. See, I'm declaring the word word boldly because number one, it's the way it should be declared. Because I actually believe this. And you need to know, I struggle as much on some of this as the next one of you. My wife can testify to that. But I, I, I realize that the enemy, even with that, he says, until you get it perfect and right, you can't even talk about it. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Who, who, who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Some of us need to question the voice that we're actually listening to. Who told you that? Who told you that? Come on, come on. The original sin was not eating an apple. It was listening to a different voice than the voice of God. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that? We're created to be led by God's voice. And we're created to speak God's voice. There's the battle of truth. There's the sword of the Spirit. Believing believers, get this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take up the shield of faith. Oh, I'm about to blow some of your minds right now. Take up the shield of faith so that you can extinguish every flaming arrow. Some of us go, God, well, increase my faith so I can put my faith up there. No, this is the armor of God. It's God's faith in you, not your faith in God. Hang on, if it's the battle of truth, it's His truth. If it's the breastplate of righteousness, it's His righteousness. If it's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, His Word. If it's the, the, peace, your, the peace on your feet, if it's His peace, then why is the shield of faith then suddenly our faith? From the starting point, God, I believe in you, I believe in you, I believe, I've got confidence in you. I've got confidence you can be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. 
I believe that no weapon formed against you can prosper. This is what the God says. I got confidence in you. Come on. I got confidence that if you res- submit to God and resist the devil, come on, he will flee from you. I believe in that. This is the shield of faith as God has said that I got this. God has said I can do this. God has said greater is the one living in me than the enemy. It's not my faith. It's God's faith. If you want to increase your faith, start with believing that God believes in you. Creating to God's narrative, believing believers. Come on, Nations Church. Come on, Nations Church. And the last thing I want to say, I just want to touch on this, is you're called to be full believers. And this is what we're going to pray for in a moment. Remember I said earlier, John 3.34, that He gave us the Spirit without measure. I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures. I won't take long on them, but I just need you to hear the Word of the Lord because the devil has lied to us and said, almost reduce us to symbolism. I don't think that God's really into symbolism. He's into a different reality than our reality. A spiritual reality, not a natural reality. We need to understand this. Being born again is not symbolism, it's a spiritual reality. Taking communion, eat my flesh and drink my blood is not symbolism, it's a spiritual reality. What I'm about to share with you about being a full believer is not symbolism, it's a spiritual reality. But the devil keeps on putting in a natural reality here and we say that's our reality. Sometimes we want an alternative reality and what we mean is a different natural reality than our present natural reality. And God says, I want you to have an alternative reality and that is on a different dimension. I want you to have a spiritual reality. But I'm created into God's narrative. Are you hearing the word of the Lord? I see you simply praying, Lord, increase our measure. Look what we'll pray for in a moment. Ephesians 1, 17 to 23. I wonder if we can have the band start to hit back in a few moments. Praise God. I want you to listen to the word of the Lord, and I want you to take this as a spiritual reality. God is calling us to be believing believers. He's calling us to be full believers. Ephesians 1 verse 17 to 23, Paul writes from prison, he says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? So that you might know Him better. The primary reason the spirit was given was not power, it was to know God better. And I pray that you, your eyes, the eyes of your heart, your spiritual eyes may be enlightened, receive revelation in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you. You may know the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people. Stop again. Get what the Bible's saying. We've reduced the shield of faith to our faith, but remember, it's God's faith. It's God's armor. Listen to what it says. That It talks about 
the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. It's not that he's our inheritance, it's that we are his inheritance. <laughs> God says, I need you to get a spiritual revelation. You're my sons and my daughters. You're, you're so precious to me. You're my inheritance. God's nicer than you think. And you may get spiritual revelation on His incomparably, now get it, get it, get it, church, on His incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same power as the mighty strength that God the Father exerted when He raised Christ from the dead, the power for us who believe is the same power that the Father exerted. Come on, that the Father, can you imagine what power is in Father's exertion? Come on, hallelujah. That He exerted when He raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rulers and all authority and all power and all dominion and every name that has been invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under Jesus' feet and appointed Him to be the head over everything. Watch it. For the church, which is His body, which is the fullness the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. Do you believe it? You said yes, but do you really? No, no, does your life back up that you believe that? Because mine doesn't. But God, there's one thing I do, I want to forget what's behind, and I want to press on to take hold of everything that you have taken hold of for me. Everything Jesus did, He did it for the body and He says, His church, which is the fullness of Him. His church, the fullness of Him. The fullness, the fullness, the fullness. Oh, no, no. God says, oh, I need some full Christians. Last scripture here. Ephesians 3, 16 to 21. I pray that out of His glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses your knowledge. Get the picture. I want whatever you know of God. Oh, Paul's saying, I want you to start to get deeper revelation that what surpasses your knowledge on just how awesome God is. And then it says, so that you might be filled to the measure of all and the fullness of God. What you become, what you behold is what you become. Your greatest need is not 
more insight on you is more revelation on Him. And as you behold Him, the Bible says you'll be filled to the measure of all the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ. And then is the Scripture that we quote in isolation, verse 20. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus, both now and forevermore. But it starts with now to Him. When? Now when you get greater revelation of God and you're filled to the measure of the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ, now He's able to do immeasurably more. We can't claim verse 20 and 21 without the focus on the previous verses. Your greater need is not more power, it's more revelation of the one who's all-powerful. But today in this holy place, we're going to respond to the Lord. And I just feel that I want to say don't settle for less than what God intends. And I want to pray for all those that want to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of Jesus Christ. And I know it's about 6.30. And this is a time where maybe some, if you've got kids here, correct Go and grab your kids, bring them back in. See, I can, I can remember these things. And for some of you, you may need to slip out and you may need to do things. And I pray that Father is richly bless you. But for those that do not have to rush off, I reckon we can hang in the presence of God for a bit more. I don't want to give hours, hours to a sporting event and just say, Father, we want you to break out, but please, 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 can you keep it neat and tidy? I'm not here for long meetings, for long meetings, but I am here with a holy commission from Father just to release something of the glory of God in this house for those that are hungry and say, I want to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of Jesus Christ. So if you've got kids here, if you want to grab them, praise God, hallelujah. But we're going to step into this. Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmccracken.org.